0: Born to die, he might give eternal life
1: that I might live, then rose again. I'll Welcome to Yankee be. Arnold Ministries. West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. For Jesus saved
0: my soul
1: that night
0: the next name. the Holy Spirit does not want you to help. Did you know that if we just preached without the work of the Holy Spirit, there'd be no salvation because you see, a person is born by the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit takes the word of God that we give and penetration to the hearts and minds of an individual and they can see it and understand and either believe or not believe. But it's the Holy Spirit that convicts a man. He knows he's a sinner because of the sin of unbelief. He knows he needs to be righteous, and he's not. He knows he's going to be judged. Man knows this. That's revealed by the Word of God. And as we go into all the world, the Bible says the Holy Spirit takes that Word that we give in penetration to the hearts and minds of individuals. And they can accept it or reject it. Look at the next statement. Down at the bottom there. People in heaven do not want you to go to hell. That's why there's rejoicing in heaven over every person who repents or changes their mind and trusts Christ as Savior. Rejoicing in the presence of the angels. So it's not the angels, it's the people that are in the presence of the angels. And they're rejoicing because, you see, people in heaven don't want anybody to go to hell. Look at the next statement. People in hell do not want you in hell. Remember, the rich man says, send Lazarus that he may testify to my brothers, lest they also come to this place of torment. The man in hell, the brother didn't want his brothers there. I've had people say, well, if my dad went to hell, if my mother went to hell, then I want to go to hell and be there with them. As though you're doing them a favor. Don't you understand that hell is a place of darkness? There is no light and you won't see them. He says, they're like wandering stars in the blackness of darkness forever. You think they're going to bust open the barroom doors and say, look, let's take up an offer and here and air condition in this place. I used to make jokes about that, believe it or not. Look at the next statement. Number six, people that know and love you do not want you to go to hell. If they know you and they love you, they don't want you to go to hell. Now, I'll be honest with you. I led a woman to the Lord in the office in here. And I says, now we need to work on your husband. She says, no. I says, what? I want that man to burn in hell. I I said, ma'am. She says, don't, no, 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 no. I want him to suffer for all the pain he's caused me. It took a while I talked to her, but I don't know if I ever got through to her. She was thankful that God loved her. She didn't have to love him. She was thankful that God would forgive her, but she didn't want to forgive him. Remember, the Bible says, Forgiving one another because God has, for Christ's sake, forgiven us. And there's some people that I guess they'd want people to go to hell. But nobody who knows you and loves you, they love you, they want you to go to heaven, in spite of how bad you are. You think about all the people that have done you wrong. Do you love them enough that in spite of what wrong they've done to you, you still want them to go to heaven? And you don't want there to be anything said or done in your life that would cause them not to listen to the gospel. Look at the next statement. Number seven at the bottom, hell is an awful place that is not prepared for you. The Bible says, Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Just think of how bad the devil is. All the wickedness you see is a result of the devil. And you want to spend eternity with him? Top of the page, page two. Things that the rich man discovered about hell. Number one is death. Did not end it all. So many people think that whenever you die, that's it. That's it. I asked a man that one day. I says, where are you going when you die? He says, Tennessee. He says, Tennessee. He said, yep. That's where they're going to bury my body. I says, I'm not interested in your body. I says, where are you going? I don't believe there's anything left of me. That's it. I says, have you ever died before? He says, of course not. I says, "Then you don't know that's true, do you? That's what you hope. But what if it's not true? Look at the next statement. Death did not end at all. The rich man died and was buried, and in hell he lifted up his eyes. It wasn't the end. It did not end at all. Look at the next thing that he discovered. Number two, he discovered that hell was real. You see, during your life, you're not there in hell. You're not suffering. You may be doing fine you got a good job. you got money in the bank. Your kids love you and your wife, you know, whatever. And here you are. Nothing can go wrong. And then you die. And you find out hell is real. What can you do about it now? Is there anything you can do about it now that you're dead? You see, the only time you can do anything about it is while you're alive. While you have the good sense to think. What would happen if you haven't trusted Christ as your Savior and you're planning on it maybe down the road and you have a stroke and can't think for the rest of your life? To be in hell for all eternity, and it didn't have to be that way. You just played a foolish game. Look at the next statement. Number three, that a man reaps what he sows even in hell. You reap what you sow even in hell. Hell. Because he could remember. He said, you had a good life, and now you're having the torment, and so forth. And he can remember. And how much a man's going to remember of all the times, and God running it through his mind, the opportunities that he had, and did nothing about it. Look at the next statement. Number four, that there is punishment and torment in hell. You may not believe it, but Jesus is the Son of God, God in the flesh, the God that made this heaven and this earth, says there's a hell, and it's forever, and it's eternal punishment, torture, torment. Number five, that there is a great gulf between heaven and hell, and once dead, destiny is fixed. There is no escape. There's no getting out. It's all over. If this is true, does this tell you why we need a Savior? Is this why Jesus Christ is so important? Is this why he says go into all the world and preach the good news to every creature? Because God wants every person to hear it, every person to know it. You see, if this is true, and you really believe the truth, I wouldn't have to tell you to go soul winning. I wouldn't even have to tell you to get tracks. Why? 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 I wouldn't have to tell you to study the Bible and see God's will for your life. Why? Because if you believe this is true, you'll do it. You'll want to find out, what can I do about it? And if you don't have any desire to do anything about reaching lost people, something's wrong with you. Something's wrong with you spiritually. Satan's already captured your mind and got you so entangled with the cares of this life that you cannot please the one who called you to be a good soldier. You can't pay the price. See, going to heaven, Christ paid the price. But serving the Lord, most people can't pay that price because sometimes I guess the price is just too high. But let me just pretend for a moment. Here's Yankee. And I'm over here in, uh, let's say, Australia. And I'm one of those little Aborigines. Some little tribe, way out there in the the middle of the desert someplace. Just me. And, And I'm there. And you're sitting here, and you know how to go to heaven, and I don't. Now, I don't care what you got to go through. I'm not interested in the amount of money you have to spend, the dedication of your personal life, what you have to give up, the sacrifices you may have to make, the years that you may spend in Bible school, and learning a language so you can communicate with me and the distance that I am away, and you're willing to leave home and travel those thousands of miles across this body of water and get on a a vehicle or walk if you had to, I don't care what you have to do. Reach me. Get the gospel to me somehow. Pay whatever price you have to, because it's me. And if it was you, would you want somebody somehow be willing to pay the price to reach you. Think about it. If this is true, you'd want somebody, somehow, some way, to get the good news to you so that you can escape the wrath to come. Look at the next statement. Number six, that praying to saints availed nothing. Abraham was a good saint, but he could not help. Abraham could not help the man in hell. And there is no such place as purgatory. Nobody's prayers after you die can change your location. They can't pray you out of hell, out of purgatory. They can't do any good works that will ever be placed to your account. That is a lie. That is deception. That is heresy. That's religion. Man-made, but it's not the gospel and it's not the truth. And yet there's religions that teach that but all it does is it put you to sleep i came down the road and i saw a sign out there in this one churchyard confessions between 1 and 230 what for what why should i go into that building and sit there and tell some man all of my sins when he can do absolutely nothing for me and they never have for any soul they cannot forgive you of your sins they can't help you get to god they don't know they wouldn't have the sign up you say you're you're hard on people like that is hell real then where did i get the authority to change the gospel where do they get the authority to tell somebody that you have to do good works and you got to do penance and you've got to do your confession. You've got to counsel the rosary beads. You got to, Where does it say that in the Bible? Find it. Chapter and verse. It's not there. Is it a serious situation? Yes, it is. And I've had people say, well, they're all believers. They're all Christians. No, they're not. If you're not trusting in Jesus Christ and Him alone as your only hope to go to heaven, you ain't going to heaven. Look at the next statement. There's no opportunities for salvation after death. No need to preach the gospel in hell. Why? Because nobody can get out. Look at the things that are not found in hell. There's some things that are not there. Number one, there is no peace in hell. There's no peace. God says, there is no peace, saith the Lord to the wicked. Number two, there is no rest in hell. And it says, and the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever, and they have no rest day nor night. Forever tired. Have you ever gotten tired? I mean really tired. And you can't get any rest. You ever try to go to sleep at night and you just can't fall asleep for some reason? can't get to sleep. How would you like to be like that for eternity? Because you've never done all of that, hell's not going to be that bad. I mean, all I got to do is put a little tear in my eye and God will feel sympathetic toward me. And he'll say, come right on then. Chapter and verse. You don't have no chapter and verse for that. You cannot play upon God's emotions. God is a just God. A righteous God. And he will judge everything by did you or did you not accept Jesus Christ as your only hope of going to heaven. Look at the next statement. Number three, there is no joy in hell. Because there is nothing there to rejoice about. What in the world could you be thankful for in hell? Where would be your joy? Where would be your peace? And yet that's one thing that everybody wants. But the Bible says when you trust Christ as your Savior, there will be pleasures forevermore in the presence of the Lord. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Look at the next statement. Number four, there is no comfort in hell. No comfort. Never to be comforted. Now, when we lose somebody in this life because of our love for them, we can grieve and so forth. And people will do what they can to try to bring some comfort to a person. And we try to have funeral services that we can have kind of closure and get that done. And so you can say your final goodbyes and all that and you weep. And so there's nothing wrong with grief because we all grieve in this world. And the Bible says, and grieve not the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit, God, can grieve. He grieves because of the sins of God's children. If Jesus can weep, Jesus can hurt. Look at the next statement. There's no mercy in hell. You see there in verse 24, and he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Is that possible? Was it possible? There was no mercy for him. You see, you can have mercy now. And you can have grace now but you cannot have either one later. Number seven, there is no hope in hell. No hope. And he says in verse 26, and beside all this between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed so that one can't pass from the other. That means no hope. No hope. And the Bible says in the book of Ephesians in chapter 2, it says they were without hope in this world. Without hope. Without Christ in this life, you have no hope of heaven. And if you die without Christ in hell, you have no hope for eternity. Now you still have a chance. You still have an opportunity. Today is the day of salvation. You can still trust Christ as your Savior. But the possibilities of people hardening themselves, saying no, 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 no. You keep hardening yourself until the time comes when you're no longer sensitive. You no longer have that feeling of emotion about, I want to go to heaven. I do not want to go to hell. And it'll be too late. Look at the next statement. In Daniel chapter 12, and verse 2, he says, And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. But in verse 3, it says, they that be wise. So there's some that are not going to be wise. Who are those that are not going to be wise? Those who reject the only way, the only means of eternal life. And then he says, and they that be wise, look what that says, shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. And they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. One of my goals that has been for my whole Christian life, is I want to turn as many people as I can to righteousness. I want them to accept God's righteousness, not man's righteousness. Getting people to see that they cannot have any righteousness of their own. All we like sheep have gone astray. All our righteousness are as filthy rags. But when you trusted Christ as your Savior, God gave you the robe of righteousness. His righteousness. We get to go to heaven on his robe of righteousness, not ours. It's such a wonderful thing to know, doesn't But they that turn many to righteousness shall shine as the brightness of the for forever and ever and ever. In other words, being a soul winner is going to be worth it, being a soul winner. But nobody can make you win souls. Nobody can make you, when you walk out of this door, get some of those heaven tracks back there because you plan on planting some seeds. You don't have to know who's going to get what. You just plant seeds. Leave one here. Leave one there. When you get to heaven, there could be a whole bunch of people who trusted Christ as Savior because of your efforts. And whenever we ask to take up an offering, we're not talking about money for ourselves. We're talking about so we can keep all the ministries going. Why? Because there will be fruit that will be added to your account. When you get to heaven, you're going to be so glad for every nickel you gave to missions, everything you gave to the internet or for the radio broadcast or to keep the lights on in this church so we can win people and train people. Yes, everything you do for the Lord's glory, God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love. And God will bless you because of it. Look at the middle statement I got here in bold. If we could get out of hell after a million years or so, perhaps we could afford to take a chance with our never dying soul. I thought there's a possibility somewhere down the line I could get out because a million years will pass. Whatever the time, well, that would pass. But this is for eternity. There is no escape. Now, look at the last statement down at the bottom. Soul winners make a difference. I used an illustration one time as a little kid was walking on the beach. And you look down there, and there's all these little fish that are just flopping everywhere. So he was walking up to them and he was picking them up and throwing them back out in the water. Picking them up and throwing them back out in the water. This old man came by and said, Son, you're wasting your time. It's not going to make a bit of difference because there was thousands of them. He says, It does to the ones I throw back. I may not win the world to Christ, but it'll make a difference to the ones I did reach. It'll make a difference to the ones that we do reach on the internet and the ones that we do reach through the radio. The ones that we do reach through ranch, the ones that we do reach through camp, the ones that we do reach through missionaries, it will make a difference. Look at the verse. Some have compassions making a difference. And others say with fear, pulling them out of the fire. That's what serving God's about. Serving God is not about you just staying out of trouble, paying all your bills, just trying to live a good, clean life. All that needs to be done. I'm not against that, you know that. But if you miss and you twist what I'm saying, then you didn't hear what I'm saying. This is your purpose. If this is real, it ought to determine what you do with your life and how you live. I should not have to try to pull teeth getting somebody, would you please tell somebody about the Lord? Would you please? Nobody has to tell me anymore. Nobody's out here challenging me. I have been challenged for 55 years because I believe this. If this is true, I don't need any more motivation. If I don't believe that, then yeah, you're going to have to pull teeth to get me to do anything. I don't want to get involved. How many times have I heard "I My plate's full. My plate's full. Nobody else's. What if everybody's plate was full? Should we have to pull people's teeth to fill a choir? Should we have to beg people? Or because of a good sounding choir, people come to hear them. And they set the attitude for the people and put them in a devotional frame of mind. That people are blessed because of it and lifted up and because of the songs, the messages that are in the songs. Should we ever have to have a need for workers? If this is true, but maybe people don't believe it's true. I happen to be one of them that do. And I want to make a difference. And I want to try to pull people out of the fire. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Are y'all following me? Am I talking to the wall? Do you understand what I'm saying? This way means yes. This way means no. Look up here. Why do you think I do this? Because I believe all this. If I don't, then I don't need to do it. And majority of churches do not make the gospel clear. It's not the reason they exist. But they can make everybody feel good. I don't care whether you feel good or not. I just want to teach the truth. You do what you want with it. Now look up here. This is you and me. The wall represents sin. We all have sin on us. God loves us. Now he hates our sin, but he loves us. And the Bible says the pay for sin is eternal separation from God in hell. But he loves us and wants us to go to heaven. But to go to heaven, he wanted you to make a choice. He gave you a choice, a will, to be able to choose. You don't have to love God. You don't have to go to heaven. You can go to hell. I'm not saying in a bad way. I'm just saying that's what you can do, though. But to go to heaven, you have to be perfect, and nobody's perfect. The Bible says you cannot earn your way to heaven by your good deeds. Nobody can save themselves. This hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord God in the flesh. He came into the world because he loves us. Now he hates our sin because our sin separates us from him. So Jesus Christ took all the sin of all the world and paid for it on the cross. He came back from the dead. And all he wanted you to do is believe he did that for you. So when you believe he did it for you, paid for your sins, he puts that payment to your account. All my sins are paid. I don't have any sins to pay for. That's why I can't go to hell today and I can't go to hell in the future. Christ paid for my sins. All of them. He loved me that much and he wants everybody to hear this good news that you can trust Christ as your Savior and know that you're going to heaven before you die. I have known for 59 years I'm going to heaven and it's impossible for me to ever go to hell. Nobody has to force me or try to pry me and motivate me and encourage me to serve the Lord. I can't see anything else worth living for. Let's pray, shall we? Every head bowed and every eye closed. No one looking around. If you're here this morning and perhaps you never understood, never trusted Christ as your Savior. I'm not God. I can't save you. This church can't get you to heaven. You don't have to join this church. You don't have to give any money. You don't have to sign a card. All I want you to do is right where you're sitting, with your head bowed and eyes closed, I want you to talk to the Lord. Because you can't make a mistake this way. Only the Lord knows what you're saying. And just say, Lord, I'm a sinner. Friend, we all are. And the Lord, I believe that when Christ died, he paid for my sins. I'm going to accept that. I'm going to trust in what he did for me to take me to heaven. And friend, God said if you'll believe it, he'll save you, give you eternal life. When you get up to leave, you can say, I know I'm going to heaven because today I trusted Christ as my Savior. Would you do that? And if you're making that decision, I'd like to have prayer for you. And I'm going to ask you in just a moment to raise your hand. Raising your hand does not save you. It just lets me know that what I said made sense to you. And you say, preacher, that made sense to me. And I want you to pray for me in closing. Would you just slip your hand up very quickly and put it right back down as with at all? Yes, God bless you, and God bless you in the back. Yes, God bless you. Anyone else? Just very quickly, just slip it up very quickly, put it right back down. Yes, God bless you. Are there others? Remember, there's no trick to this, but hell is real. When you trust Christ as your Savior this morning, that means that God gives you eternal life. You become his child. And if you was to die at this moment or any time in the future, you can know that you're going to heaven. Because God loves you that much. You're saved by grace. That means you don't deserve it. You didn't earn it. It's a gift. If you're watching by internet, right on the screen says, yes, I'll trust Christ as my savior. If you've never done so, would you do it for us? I'd love to know if someone trusts the Lord this day. Father, we thank you so much for this time together. And I pray, Lord, you take this message and use it. It's your word. And Father, if you didn't mean it, you shouldn't have said it. But you did. And Father, we believe that that's why Christ died. And that's why we need a Savior. So bless each one of these that indicated by an uplifted hand, that indicated they would trust Jesus Christ as their Savior. And by doing so, they can know they have eternal life and know that they'll go to heaven. We ask your blessings upon this church and everything we stand for, that we would honor you in all things. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
1: Is it possible to trust Christ as my Savior without making Him Lord of my life? Is it true that if Christ is not Lord of all, He is not Lord at all? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 Westwaters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book or write by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634.
0: Friend, one day it will happen, the trumpet will sound, and we will be changed, caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up.
1: Amazing grace amazes me.